0: Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live and it's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. Good morning, church. Are you well? Oh my word, it's, uh, it's good to be in the 11 a.m. service. The 9.30 service was live. But the 11th service, I heard, is going to be on today. Do you believe it? Hey, will you stand with me for one more moment? Stand with me just for a moment. We're going to sit down here in a second, but uh, before we do, I want to give us a little perspective. The reason why we are here is because Jesus changed somebody's life. Who changed somebody's life? Who changed somebody else's life? Who put a seed and a vision for a church to be here in the heart of a major city that wouldn't be here without a lot of toil, heartache, but also the presence and grace of Almighty God. And here's the thing. You made a choice to be here today. You could have been a lot of places, but you chose to be here, and I want to honor you for that. That means you're on the right track. You're doing a little better than you think you are. We're going to uh, preach, and we're going to preach about Jesus. And uh, b- before we do... There's a couple people on either side of you. So touch your neighbor and say, Neighbor. Hey, neighbor. It's your lucky day. Because you're sitting next to me. Now touch your other neighbor, who was your second choice, Joe. And tell him, Neighbor. Focus. Because we know how you are. Church, are you ready to hear the word of God today? That's right. Before you sit down, I'm going to th- set up how things go. Um, I this isn't just a dialogue, just like a, a monologue. This is a dialogue. So I want you guys to be a little verbally involved, and we're going to practice here in just a moment. Give me some keys, actually. Yeah, because it's going to help me sound spiritual and dynamic. So, All right, so you can say, if, if things like God's really working on your heart, you can say amen. You can say preach it. You can say that was for me. You ready to practice? Here we go. It'll go like this. The Lord has given this land to us. No need to fuss. He knows what he's doing. We know that he will take care of us if we just follow him. God's way is the best way. In Jesus' name. That's right. That's the kind of service we're about to have. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, you may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. Man, I'm so excited today. We're talking today about an idea and something that I'm like obsessed with, uh, so obsessed with in the last year or so that it's actually become a core value of mine. So I'm going to share with you something that you have, okay? This This is incredible. This is something that you have. You have a gift on the inside of you. You have a gift that is a part of you. And the thing about this gift is everyone has it. But the other side of the gift is everyone has it, but yours is unique. It's different. Okay? It's different. Only you can give this gift. And it's a gift that everyone craves, especially those closest to you. Okay? I crave it. I need it. I get frustrated when I don't get it. And the gift is this. It's your presence. Your presence. You have a choice where you are going to place your presence. How many of you know that you can be in a place physically, but you can be somewhere else spiritually? You can be in church physically, but you can be on somebody else's vacation in the Bahamas spiritually. You can be right here listening and hearing the word of God physically, But spiritually, in your mind, in your heart, in your emotions, you can be thinking about are we doing Brazilian steakhouse or are we doing whataburger again? But here's the thing. I want to talk to you about one of the most valuable commodities on this earth. And it's also a gift that you have that you don't realize that you have, because if you realize you have it, you give it a whole lot more. It's called the gift of presence. There's a difference between spending time with someone and spending time in somebody's presence because presence requires focus. Presence requires hearing, seeing, feeling, and knowing. I want to be a person of presence. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your good grace. God, without you, God, we can do nothing. Without your presence in this place, God, we're just making noise. But God, your presence is here. And God, I ask in these few moments that you would do what only you can do. Touch hearts, change lives in the mighty, miraculous, wonderful name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said, everyone said amen. So I recently moved into uh, a new house, and I was reluctant to tell uh, this story. But but I'm going to go ahead and share it because... um, it, it shares a, a little bit of my weakness. And uh, so we're moving to a new house, and uh, and I'm excited. I'm elated. Anyone ever moved into a new house, bought your first house, and it's a wonderful feeling. And, and, uh, and so as we're moving in, my, my wife realizes, like, babe, uh, in the closet, we don't have, like, the pole da- deals to hang our clothes on. I was like, no way. We don't have the clothes things to hang our, our, our clothes on. What do we do? She's like, babe, will you get it fixed? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'll get it fixed, and then I'll, I'll walk off, and I'm like, uh, how do I fix that, and so um, the thing about, boss, rewind a little bit, a little bit. the thing about Preston is me, is I have a gift. I have a gift to talk. I have a gift to articulate things, and also study and understand scripture. I have the gift of people, but I do not have the gift of fixing. I do not have the gift of tools. In fact, the tool set that I do have, I got from my dad on my 12th birthday. I, I don't know about screwdrivers or nothing, all right, and so There I am, and I'm like, yeah, babe, I got it. Like, I'm the husband. Like, I got things together. I'll fix it up for you, give you the best closet you've ever dreamed, babe. So a week later, she's like, babe, uh, I really want to move my clothes into the closet. And, And I was like, ah, I was like, you know, I was planning on doing it on my day off. And, and my day off comes around, and she's like, babe, I thought you were going to fix a closet today. And I was like, well, babe, I gotta, had to do, like, the trash and, you know, all that other stuff, you know, the priorities, babe. And she's like, all right, well, it's okay. Um, and she said the thing that you should never say, and no one else would really admit it, but she said this. She looked, me, she looked me in the eye, and she didn't know what she was saying, but she said, she says, all right, well, I'll just ask my dad. <laughs> I said, nah, babe, I actually was planning on doing that tomorrow morning. In fact, I ordered this stuff on Amazon. It's going to be here. So we're good. You don't have to call your dad. Because the thing is, if she calls her dad, then what she's saying is to me, hey, I'm, my dad can fix this. But what I'm hearing is, my dad's better than you. My dad took care of me better than you, and so on the inside I'm like ooh, and on the outside I'm like huh, ah, I got it, babe, ah. And so I call my friend Daryl. I was like, Daryl, what do I do? Daryl, told me what to do. Daryl, helped me fix everything. And then the next day, all of a sudden we go to get water in the fridge, but there's no water in the fridge. And the reason there's no water in the fridge is because what Daryl told me is that we need a hose. So Daryl's like, all right, uh, uh, what do we do? And then the next day it wasn't fixed. And then Dakota's like, hey, that's alright. I'll just go get my dad to fix it. I was like, no, baby, no, no, dad, I got it. All right. So the next day. The hose came in, right, from Amazon. He showed me which one to get. And so I go over to the, I go over to the fridge, and I move it, and, I'm, and, I, and I fix it, and I put it on the thing, and I screw it all in, and, and then I push it back, and then I do the little the buttons on the deal. And then all of a sudden, water comes out, and I'm like, dang. I just made water come up from a fridge. Look at me, Moses. Look at me. Look at me, Mo. So I was like, babe, I fixed the fridge. He goes, oh, babe, you're so strong. You're so good. I was like, yeah, you don't need your dad. And so uh, I went to bed that night. Woke up the next morning, walked into the kitchen. It was like a normal day, except I walked into the kitchen and my feet were wet. The reason why my feet were wet is because the fridge was leaking. The reason why the fridge was leaking is because the hose wasn't screwed on correct and it needed something that I later learned called plumber's tape. I was like, I didn't know there was a thing called plumber's tape, and I called my friend Daryl. I was like, Daryl, um, my wife's asleep, and I gotta fix this quick. I was like, I got all our like nice towels out on here on the floor, and I gotta hide them before she wakes up. And I was like, Bro, what? How do I fix this? He goes, You gotta get plumber's tape. I was like, All right, well, um, what's plumber's tape? And he sends me like this goop. I was like, I thought you said it was g- tape. This is you just sent me some goop. Like, what am I gonna do with goop? I need tape. And uh, and he said, All right, well, I'll c-. I was like, I'll, I'll help you fix it. And I said, Okay, great. Well, hurry up. And then. Uh, Then I turn turn off the water and uh, and as I come back out I see my wife standing there seeing our towels and the water and the mess she's like babe should I just go ahead and call my dad (laughs) I'm like so I uh, thought about it for a minute thought about it for another minute and I sucked up my pride and said you know what I can't fix this I'm going to call (laughs) Daryl. Thanks, father-in-law. He's here today. So... I'm like spending all this time, energy and emotion fixing things and it's like literally exhausting me because this is not what I'm gifted to do. And so we were spending some time the next week and and my dad was meeting with me. He's like, son, I noticed you're working six nights a week. You're working all day. You're working six nights a week. He's like, that's not healthy. How many of you know that you need people in your life to tell you when you're not healthy? That's someone who loves you. Someone who's pointing out what's wrong out of love is something that we all need in our life. That's called authority. So I had authority in my life saying, hey, this, this is an issue and w- you need to adjust this. So I go to my wife Saturday morning. We we're going for a walk. It's like, babe, uh, I, I know that I've been gone a lot, working a lot, and, and uh, just, I guess I've been stressing in a lot of my mind. And, and I was like, well, how can, what can we do to enhance our relationship? And as we're walking down and she said, well, I just kind of wish that you'd be more present with me. And I said, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, at night we're, this is the only time that we have together because we're working during the day and our days off are flipped and, and I just want to spend time with you because we got our baby coming in, in, in a month. And I said, you know, I want that too. And I was like, but you know, we do spend time together in, in the room at night. And she's like, well, yeah, but you're there, but you always bring in your iPad and you're working on your iPad and you're watching videos on your iPad. I was like, yeah, I, I guess, I guess I am. And, and then I thought about that for a second. I was like, hey, well, I'll stop. Yeah, I'll just leave it out of the room. I, I want. I won't do that anymore. And and she's like, because I, I just want to spend time with you and focus on you. I want to remember these moments of us together now because our life's about to change forever in a month. And we'll never be able to have this back. And I'm thinking, why am I bringing the iPad in there when I'm like, I have a beautiful, gorgeous wife who loves me and wants my time, attention, and emotion. Like, what am I doing trying to watch a YouTube video? when i have my wife next to me the, the thing that i love most in this world why well what i realized was it was a numbing agent i was using a numbing agent because i was exhausted the reason why i was exhausted is because i was trying to fix things and be somebody that i wasn't instead of leaning into somebody else's gift i was trying to exert it and project something that i wasn't when you project something that you aren't it's always going to make you tired it's always going to make you exhausted and I felt on the inside that I'm not perfect. I realize I'm not perfect. She knows I'm not perfect. So what's the point of even being present? How many of you know it's when you feel like you're not perfect is when it's the most difficult to be present? Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole lot of people that I invite to church, and the reason they don't turn up is because they drank the night before. Man, I can't turn up. I, I got too, too drunk the night before, and, man, you yeah, I can't come into church. And I'm thinking, the whole point of church is not getting perfect before you, tu- you turn up. Like, the whole point of a hospital and a surgery center is not having a surgery center so that fixed people can come in. No, it's so broken people can come in and fixed people can come out in Jesus' name. How come it is that fathers are more shut off emotionally than ever before? Your wife's dying to connect with you. What's the reason? Wives, what's the reason? Well, the reason why is because he's been criticized to a point, either by his father or by you, to a point where he's not even willing to share his emotions anymore. He doesn't even want to share his opinion or what he thinks and give that to you. The reason he doesn't want to give it to you is because it always gets criticized. That's why he shuts it off. He's there, but he's not there. How many of you know that it's possible to be Present in body, but absent in spirit. I'm talking about the gift of presence. The gift of presence. If you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 10, verse 10. And I'm going to share with you one of my favorite scriptures. And I'm, I'm going to focus in and uh, hyper uh, hyper focus on this one text, this one passage. And open it up to you. And reveal to you that I feel, like someone, something I feel like someone today needs to hear and needs to walk away with. Not only am I going to reveal, but I'm going to expose something. They call this expository preaching. So I'm going to take the text and expose the meaning behind the meaning. John 10, chapter 10 is we find Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. Jesus is speaking. He is talking to the crowds as a result of a story he just told. And he told this story about the good shepherd. Anyone heard the story about the good shepherd who leaves the 99 to go after the? Oh, you did go to church. Ah, good job, guys. And Jesus is talking about wolves. He's talking about thieves. He's talking about sheep. He sees us as the sheep, Jesus as the gate, and also as the good shepherd. And he goes in and he articulates and he shares something that is so extremely profound that if you you just skim over this, you will not gain the breadth and the weight of the word of God the words and affirmation in truth of Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and what? But I have come so that they may have what? And have it to the? I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. Now let's break that down for a moment. Observation number one. How many of you see, if Jesus said it, then it's true, there is a thief. There is a thief. What does the thief want from you? What is the thief doing? Well, the thief has come. Not only has he come, but the thief, the scripture says, comes. The thief, what does he do? He comes, which means, which is to say... And I love, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited about life. I love the future. I love the grace and mercy of God. But if I don't tell you about the thief, I'm not a good pastor. I'm not a good shepherd. Guess what? There is a thief, and the thief does come. He comes regularly. Now, what does the thief come to do? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy your destiny. Destroy your destiny. The thief's plan for your life is to what? Destroy your destiny, which is the end game. It's not about the now for the thief. The thief is thinking about the end. He knows your potential. He knows who you're going to be connected with. He knows who you're going to impact. He wants to destroy your destiny, the destiny that you don't even see, but only God sees. So if there's a thief, then there's another character I have come. Who's I? I have come. Okay. I, what has Jesus done? Jesus has come. Isn't it interesting? The enemy comes, has to keep coming. The thief has to keep coming. But Jesus, he only had to come once. He came once and for all. I have come. Why? So that, why, you may have what? And life to the? which is to say there's a difference between life and life to the full. There is a difference between life and life to the full. Well then, what is that difference? Well, we'll break it down. We'll figure it out. If there is a life and there is a full life, Jesus offers both freely that they may have, which means you can have it. You're they. You may have it. But What's the difference? Well, if there's a full life, then there must also be a empty life. What is the empty life? Well, let's get back to the thief's plan. The thief comes to destroy your destiny, okay? How can the thief destroy your destiny? Like, nobody can wreck my career and just wreck it. Like, marriages don't just get destroyed in a day. Like, you don't just flunk out of school in a moment. You don't just become insecure and depressed and hate yourself in one day. It's a process. So, the enemy's goal is to destroy your destiny. But, first, in order to destroy your destiny, the thief must first kill your confidence. If your confidence can be killed, your destiny can be blocked. Where's your confidence? How do you maintain your confidence? He's coming for you. He's coming to kill your confidence. He doesn't want you confident. He doesn't want you secure. He doesn't want you to have a smile on your face. Well, then how can he kill your confidence? Destroy your destiny to kill your confidence. In order to kill your confidence, he must first steal your presence. If the enemy can get you distracted, he can keep you from being present in the moment. And the more you are thinking about everything else and everywhere else where you should be, could be, or could have done, the less present you're going to be and the less you're going to know yourself and who you are and who you're destined to be. Because you know what? That person's wonderful. That person's great. And that person, person's destiny, your destiny is greater than you could even ask, think, or imagine. You, maybe you don't know it, but the thief knows it. Which is to say, The enemy of presence is not absence, but what if the enemy of presence is distraction? What if the enemy to your family's intimacy is not having all the right skills and all the right books read, but it's rather distraction? What if the issue with your marriage is not that you're just withholding emotionally, but the issue with your marriage is distraction, distraction, distraction. Where are your eyes? Where are your ears? Where are your emotions? Do you hear, see, feel, and know, or has the enemy hooked you with distraction? Distraction. But I have come so that you may have life, not only life, but life to the full. If the empty life is a distracted life, then the full life must be a present life. Not only living and making the most of every moment, but living in and out of the presence of God. He didn't just say, I have sent life and a full life. I have come, which means Jesus has to be here in order for the life to be as full as it can be. Life To the full. Do you want that kind of life? Do you crave that kind of life? Do you want to be present in every single moment? Are you tired of going through the motions? Well, there is a full life available to you. And it's through Jesus. It's through Jesus. Which is to say, to be fully present is to be fully alive. There was no one more alive than the person of Jesus. There was no one more present than the person of Jesus. There was no one who spoke with more authority than the person of Jesus. Jesus is the embodiment of presence. Jesus is presence. Jesus is life. Jesus, Jesus, presence, my presence, connected to God, God's presence, presence. Well, then why do we need the presence of God? Well, we can look back in scripture. So if I'm saying to be fully present is to be fully alive, like that's it. I'm telling you, like to be here in this moment is to be more alive than ever before. Like, because I can be on the top of the Grand Canyon, but in my mind be somewhere else. So what does that mean? Why? How, how How can I prove that? Well, you know what David said? David wrote in the Psalms, Psalm 1611, he says, In your presence is fullness of joy. Not in the prestige, not in the victories, not in everything that we think that we get from fame, power, wealth, autonomy. David found fullness of joy, a king, in something that we all have access to, which is his presence. What if the reason you don't have fullness of joy is because you're not in his presence? His presence, in his presence, in his presence is fullness of joy in his presence. You don't have to be in the Bahamas to be in his presence. The Bahamas is great. I've been there. The water looks beautiful. But guess what? His presence is so much better it's fullness of joy it goes beyond happiness yeah. moses one of the greatest leaders of mankind he refused to step forward into the next land into the next territory and he would rather stay in the desert and he said in exodus chapter 33:14 he says in your presence is rest In your presence is where I receive rest. But not only did he say in his presence is rest, but he also said, I don't want to go into my future with a lot of good things unless your presence comes with me. Which means I don't want the good things in life unless you're there. I would rather be here thirsty in a parched desert with a bunch of angry people With your presence, then have everything that I need without you. His presence is fullness of joy, church. His presence is rest, church. His presence is being fully alive. I love his presence. And I'm gonna share with you two ways to practice presence because right now you're probably thinking, well, Man, I, sounds good and all, you, you know, being present and everything, but you don't know me, like, I, uh, I've got ADHD, D, 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 I've got ADDHD, I've got ADD, D D, 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 one, two, three, HD, like, I can't even focus on anything, I flunked out of school before I even got there, because I saw a squirrel, like, <laughs> being present just isn't my thing, and what is it for you? Is it possible for you to live fully present? What if the reason that you haven't lived it is simply because you didn't know it was possible? I mean, I've been diagnosed with severe ADHD, but guess what? I've encountered his presence. And I can focus and I can make the most of every moment instead of going through the motions. Did you know that God can heal you of your focus? He can heal your brain, He can heal your focus, He can heal your emotions if the guy that created heaven and earth that can heal sicknesses, ailment, leprosy, why can he not heal the, the chemical imbalance in your body? By his stripes, you were healed of half of your sickness. No, all of your sicknesses in Jesus' name. You're healed. But it first takes being in his presence. Because in his presence is rest. and his presence is fullness of joy. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you how to practice presence. I'm going to give you two ways. How many ways am I going to give you? Good job for listening. Two ways. Here we go. You're really present. I'm proud of you. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Celebrate the small wins. So, Number one, I call it 15 with the Father. Schedule your 15 with the Father. What is your time like with God? Do you spend time in God's presence every day? You're like, Preston, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't even know what to do when I get there. I was like, well, Spending time with God is a whole lot like a relationship. How many of you know that God's not a formula? Just like your wife's not a formula, your husband's not a formula. It's a person, it's a being. So, what if it's weird at first? Well, what if it is? What if I don't know what to say? Well, what if you don't? Everybody's a little awkward at first. Everybody flares their nostrils a whole lot when they first meet you, and then they get all normal and fine, and then they're like, chill. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's kind of weird at first. It might be a little weird at first. But guess what? Something happens. Something happens called intimacy. And when you experience intimacy with somebody, relationship just becomes natural, doesn't it? What is your time with the Father? I schedule a date with my wife every week then why would I not schedule time with the maker of heaven and earth? Here's what it looks like. My challenge to you today is to schedule 15. Do 15 minutes with the Father for the next seven days. Will you do it? Will you spend time with Almighty God? It's 15 minutes. If you don't have 15 minutes for the Father, you don't have a life. In his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is meaning. To live is to live and operate out of presence. You owe it to yourself. You deserve it. You deserve the peace. You deserve the peace. Are you tired of being anxious? You deserve the peace. It's available. Are you tired of feeling like you got to work everything out? Go to His presence because in His presence is rest. Number two is to declare it. I want to share with you ten presence declarations. I pull out and I talk about my declarations sometimes, and my wife Dakota's like, "Oh my gosh, here we go again!" Like, pre- pressing his declarations. She's a, she loves me so much. Even if I do have a mission statement for my house, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> I think I have a statement for everything. I'm the statement guy. Yeah, I can give you a slogan, but I can't fix your fridge, you know. So, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Ten presence declarations, and this is something that when I feel off center that I declare and I speak into existence scripture talks about speaking things that are not as though they ten presence declarations and I want you to take one I want you to write it down maybe take a picture of it or whatever and take one for yourself and I'm going to give you ten and I'm also going to ask you to stand with me while we do this ten presence declarations And this is what I say in the middle of my uncertainty, in the middle of my fear, in the middle of my distraction. I will live fully awake to the fleeting beauty of every moment. I will live immersed in the moments rather than going through the motions. I will no longer be a lifeless slave to distraction. I will no longer sacrifice the sacred moments of today in the empty fears of tomorrow. I will deeply hear, see, feel, and know those closest to me. I will look fear and worry in the eye with a taunting smile. I will daily seek the rejuvenating presence of Almighty God. I will intentionally give my family the irreplaceable gift of my attention and my emotions. I will show up and let my authentic self be seen, and I will live fully alive by living fully present. What would it be like if we lived like that? What would it be like if our church alone lived like that? You might say, I can't do those things now. I was like, that's why they're not I am statements. They are I will. I may not be doing it right now, but one day I will, I will, I will be a person of presence. As I close, my dad he what he does for my brothers and I is he takes us through a rites of passage ceremony, and when we're twelve years old, we get to go on a man trip, and I'll never forget the man trip that we had and 12, twelve years old, and I'm driving in my dad's 2001 Ford Thunderbird. And uh, enjoying the mountain view in Colorado. In fact, in fact, well, more so he was enjoying it because I was a little bit uh, distracted because I had in my hand a yellow Game Boy color. And uh, what was I playing? I don't remember. Was it Mario, Luigi? I don't know. We'll see. I don't remember in that moment what I was playing, but I I, just knew I wanted to beat that. Like, I wanted to win. And uh, I was trying to get, get the win before we had to go set up the tent the next campsite. I remember sitting there in the car with dad, 12 years old. I, 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 this moment is so vivid. I can, I can watch it in my mind like a movie. And dad leans over. He says, look, son. He's like, look at the, the tips of the mountains. You see how it's snowy up at the tip and, and it's still warm down here? How it can be cold way up there, but still down here it can be warm. Son, look at the, the sun and the colors coming over the mountains. Most people never get to see anything quite like this. Son, I just enjoy spending time with you. I love being with you. And my dad, he he worked a whole lot and he spent a lot of time at the office and working away. But the thing about my dad is my dad, although he wasn't always in the room, I always felt his presence when he was. Did you know that You can be there physically, but absent spiritually. And if 92% of a child's identity comes from their father, I think the presence of the father is pretty stinking important. And I'm sitting there in that moment. Oh, that's great, Dad. (laughs) That's nice. It's beautiful. Maybe looked around for maybe three seconds, maybe four tops, and I get back down to see what's going on with Super Mario. And I thought back on that moment. And I wonder what my dad would have thought. I wonder what he was thinking. Because in reality, my dad was spending time, emotion, energy with me. Not because he wanted me as a companion. He wanted to be in his presence. And I thought, how many people have this? How many people get this? How many people get this kind of relationship with their dad? And I squandered it, and I was busy. I was focused on something else that I don't even remember. A distraction that I have no recollection of. But those few seconds that I was pre- present, I crave and I cling to those And I think back and I say, God, I pray that you would help me to be present in every moment that you give me. Every moment that you show me. Keep me from going through the motions. Because, friends, I have no recollection of what was happening on my handheld device. The reason I don't remember it is because it's distraction. Distraction is death. But presence is life. Presence will give you memory. Presence will give you focus. Presence will give you fulfillment. Fullness of life is in the presence of Almighty God. And we can live in it today. We can walk in it today. We can stand in it today. You don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to be lured off by distractions. You can live fully present in every single moment. Why? Because your world needs you. Your family needs you. Your church needs you. No more. We're going to sing this song one more time. And if you would close your eyes, and, and if you feel comfortable, lift your hands. And sing, I love you, Lord. And I want you to just spend a few seconds with the Father, just you two. stay in this moment and in this posture of worship and if you would for a second put your hands to your side because I'm going to give some people an opportunity to respond to the grace of almighty God to the grace of Jesus and if you're here today and you say Preston I want to be a part of the family of God I feel God tugging on my heart I feel this shifting on the inside I don't know quite what it is it's called the presence of God it's called the power of the Holy Spirit calling you home and if you're here today, you say, Preston, I want, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want my eternity to be secure, to live in this fullness. If that's you and you want to be a follower of Jesus, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you and invite you to lift your hand straight up, put it right back down, and be included in this closing prayer, to go from death to life in a moment. For Jesus has come. He has come. He has defeated Death, hell, and the cross so that you can have life. And if that's you today on the count of three, you want to receive Jesus, put your hand straight up, put it right back down. One, God loves you so much. Two, he died so that you can have life and everything changes today. Three, if that's you, hand straight up and put it right back down. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Hands up all over this place. Believers, those of you who lifted your hands, would you pray these words with me and say it with meaning. Say it with presence. Say, Dear Jesus, I choose today to admit that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I choose to give up my past and step into your future in Jesus name. Come on church. Can we celebrate those who made that decision? Amen. 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 Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.